Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, motivation, urges, and instincts. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show. Um, and write down the secret word of that show, and then just email me just the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, Take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying Uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay, so we have a a, kind of a unique show for us uh, today. Basically, what I want to do is I just want to share my thoughts around motivation urges and instincts. I want to tell everybody this is not necessarily science. This is just my perception, how I look at things, and how I hold these types of thoughts in my mind when I'm working with people with ADHD. And my hope today is really to help you gain some self-awareness around motivation, urges, and instincts. Why? Because there's a huge correlation between self-awareness and success in life. Self-awareness is defined as an executive function, according to Dr. Russell Barkley's model of executive functioning. And so there's a lot here, so it's basically just an awareness play. And in the world of ADHD, we think of motivation. I need motivation. Motivation is what we do in order to do things. And and the word to me is, is interesting because there's a lot of emotions that are used in the context of um, the word emotion, like uh, people with ADHD are unmotivated. That person's not motivated, et cetera. And I think that I want to kind of set things out because I, I did some interviews for years with Dr. Roberto Olivardi, and he had a few interesting quotes. He said, number one, everybody's motivated. You'd be dead if you weren't. If you really think of that, that's true. You know, if you weren't motivated to eat, you'd be dead, right? So there's some truth to that. And the other thing that I think is important that he, that he said is that, you know, when you think about it, everything you've ever done in your entire life, you did it 
because that's what you were motivated to do. And everything you haven't done, you didn't do it um, at the time when you could because you were actually motivated to do something else. So with that being said, let's like, start at some of the basics. When I went out there and look up the word motivation, it's defined as a person's needs, desires, wants, and urges. It's an interesting word, urge. We'll take a look. What's an urge? A strong desire or impulse. It's an itch to do something. Itch to do something. It's an urge. When I work with people with ADHD, I talk a lot about urge. What is an urge? You feel the urge. I feel the urge to grab a glass of water. I feel the urge to go to the bathroom. I feel the urge to sleep. What is an urge? Think about it. I also want to talk about what is an instinct and how does that relate to an urge? Really? An instinct is really a fixed pattern of behavior in animals in response to a certain stimuli. There's a thing about an urge and a fixed response like birds having the instinct to build nests or fly south for the winter. Instincts are, are we reach our hands out, brace ourselves when we're going to fall. An instinct is just this, this automated type thing. And I try to look up the difference between instincts and urges. And I'll be honest with you, there were some definitional differences, but I wasn't really clear on it. I know that we're born with hardwired instincts to do things. And when I look at it, we have instincts that manifest as urges in this context. So let's talk about this. If you feel threatened with your life, all right, instinctively we go to a fight, flight, or freeze state. Instinctively go to – or there's that urge to react. It's a survival mechanism when you think about it, right? Fight, flight, or freeze. There's a bear running at me. I'm going to have the urge to do something about it. So when I look at an urge, to me, it is a survival mechanism. It's a very primitive type thing that is hardwired into our brain and, and how we react. If we begin to actually begin to notice our urges during the day, like I might move in my seat, like adjust my seat position. Why would I do that? Well, I have an urge to get more comfortable. That's interesting. The urge to get more comfortable. Urge to get more comfortable. You know, it's interesting when you look at marketers. What do they market to? Pleasure-seeking or the escape of pain? Fundamentally, almost everything that they do is related back to those types of things. When people are built, making social media or, uh, or uh, video games, a lot of times what's baked into those things are the primitive urge to seek some type of dopamine rewarding activity or some way to seek some pleasure. The reason I'm describing all this stuff is we begin to think of the primitive brain, the urge to seek pleasure or to escape, escape pain, translated the urge to procreate or the urge to forage for food. Both of those were pleasurable. The urge to escape pain. If it's cold outside, I would want to go inside for warmth. Or if it's hot outside, I might go inside for the cool. In those situations, we have that instinctive urge to seek pleasure or to escape pain. When you think about it, almost everything you do in a day is based off of an urge. Sometimes people have the urge to correct other people. Sometimes you have the urge to yell at somebody who's not doing what you want to do. Again, all these things go back to that urge, often that urge to correct somebody or road rage if you are, is to, is to fight, fight, or freeze type base type thing. I'm going to kind of pause here for a second. I'm going to go to a break, but again, what we're doing is we're looking at motivation. 
And to me, it's that underlying urge of the primitive brain to want to seek pleasure or to escape pain. We're going to go to break and come back to start kind of moving into the practicality of understanding this and managing it with ADHD. Our secret words tonight is urges. Again, our secret word is urges, and we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a conversation today uh, about how I look at really motivation, urges, instincts, and really kind of one of the, some of the fundamentals, uh, challenges of ADHD is to either uh, get motivation or to downregulate motivation, which we'll get to in a second. So thus far, we've talked about the instinctive urge of the brain to seek pleasure or to escape pain. Really makes a lot of sense as a survival mechanism. Now, ADHD is an issue of self-regulation right? It's the ability to pause and to regulate yourself. When you are uncomfortable, right, it's the ability to pause and override the urge to escape being uncomfortable, maybe to sit in something that is uncomfortable for a period of time. It's also the ability to override the urge to do something pleasurable in service of something maybe that you should do. When people talk about motivation, and they say that person's not motivated, it's interesting to me because if a person is um, sitting on the couch and they're not doing something that you think that they should be doing, the person would say that person's unmotivated. I would actually say the person is actually motivated to sit on the couch. Motivation often is in the context of what I think you should be doing as opposed to what you're actually doing. And so the idea here is, if you have ADHD, or anybody else for that matter, and there's something that you should do that you're not doing, or put down something that you should do, but you're not doing it because you're more motivated to do other things, what do you do about that? I think the go-to strategy is just willpower. Try harder. You just need to do it. I'm going to pause here for a second and just bring a couple other concepts in to deal with the epicenter of this. Remember, today's really about, a lot about self-awareness of what we're really trying to do here. I've had other shows before where we talked about boredom, and there's different kinds of boredom, but agitated boredom, which is the need for external stimulation, those with ADHD struggle with that a little bit more. That kind of boredom is defined as the physical discomfort where one is motivated to escape the plight. In other words, somebody is so uncomfortable that they're motivated to get comfortable again. And in that definition a second ago, I said the physical discomfort, and it's to understand this, if you go to the zoo or something and you see a lion just pacing back and forth in the cage, you can say, you know, if, if I, I am a human 
and I were there, I would be bored out of my absolute mind, and I would be uncomfortable. And what I would be doing is pacing back and forth, maybe like that lion, to release the anxiety of the physical discomfort that I'm feeling because there's nothing to occupy my mind in that period of time. I'm saying that because boredom is physically uncomfortable for people with ADHD. So when we start to look at tasks that are repetitive and boring and just go on and on, if we begin to look in the context of boring activity is physically uncomfortable, they're, they're escaping the plight, we can begin to start noticing behavior in a way that's different. People with ADHD tend to not do dishes, vacuum, clean their room, do tedious type things because it's more uncomfortable. They're constantly have this urge to escape that and do something that's more comfortable or a little bit more pleasurable. So self-regulation in this context is the ability to pause and sit in discomfort for a longer-term positive gain or to step away from something that is pleasurable in order to get something done. A lot of times these days I'm getting phone calls from people wanting coaches claiming that they need a routine and they need a structure in their day. And when I, I, I hear that, I say, I'm sure you have a routine. And so when we begin to ask them, what do you do? Well, I wake up in the morning, and this is a true story of what woman. She wakes up in the morning. She rolls over. She grabs her phone. She's on it about an hour until she has the urge to, where she's hungry. She goes to eat. And then she goes back to her phone. And then she, later in the day, she has the urge to connection. She go meet somebody, walk the dog or something like that, and go through the day. And what's interesting to me, when we got done, this person had a routine. But... There were a lot of things this person felt that they needed to get done during the day. However, the issue really wasn't the structure routine, but the phone was comfortable. In other words, she was motivated to go to the pleasure of the phone. Once she got on it, she had a hard time putting it down. So sometimes it's the ability to put something down that's pleasurable to go do something that's more uncomfortable for a longer-term goal. Notion of having to pause and regulate your attention goes back to these primitive urges, constantly having an urge to escape pain or to seek pleasure. This is a big issue with ADHD, and this is why self-awareness is so important. A couple of months ago, I did an interview with Dr. Ari Tuckman, and we were having a conversation just how this kind of shows up in the world, and the story is, is a person I've actually seen this before where a person had an alarm clock that they used in order to help them um, self-regulate. And the alarm one time goes off and the person continued doing what they're doing and they said that they needed to get another alarm clock as if the alarm clock was broken or as if the alarm clock didn't do its job. Well, when you set the alarm clock and it goes off at the time that you set, it has done its job. What the alarm clock does is it doesn't give you motivation to do whatever it is. In other words, if you're involved in an act that is pleasurable and the alarm clock goes off and you are now supposed to go do something that is unpleasurable, you still have to override the urge to continue doing something pleasurable. And there's really nobody that can do that other than you, the individual. The alarm clock might make it easier for you to create the awareness that it's time to go do something. People might come to you and make it more fun, et cetera, but at the end of the day, there's this, this fundamental thing is you have to actually override that urge in that moment to go do whatever. I have a lot of people coming to me in coaching wanting a tip, trick, or strategy as if that's going to do that for them. A lot of people go through lots of these types of things that they don't necessarily work because they consistently run into that wall 
of having to override the urge of whatever they're doing against the forces of this. Again, today what I'm trying to frame out in, in the context that I use a lot is that urge is a primitive thing for your brain to want to escape pain or to seek pleasure. And that most of the time, the challenge of ADHD is to override that urge to continue sitting in discomfort for a longer-term game or to not go to pleasure in order to get something done that will help you long-term. I want to go to another break, come back, talk a little bit more about what you do here when you have those urges and make it easier for you to self-regulate. Before we go, our secret word tonight is urges, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a conversation on urges and instincts, really what you'd call it is motivations, passion, and interest, which your brain is kind of drawn to. So really kind of wanted to define this stuff out. So in the world of ADHD as a coach, what am I doing to try to help people do things that are uncomfortable or that are, is good for them? Well, basically, my focus is, is to um, minimize discomfort. Really as simple as that. If something is really repetitive and boring, what I'm trying to do is find a way that they don't have to do it at all. Or why are they even doing it? Like, let's let it go. Let's reduce the need to do that. Can we automate it? Can we get somebody else to do it? If it is something that they're going to do, then the next thing is we've got to reduce the number of steps. Okay? The less steps you've got to do in something that's repetitive and boring, the better. And then if uh, if we get down to the last thing is is I, I, I think they're doing it and the last steps is I'm going to try to combine it with something else that is more interesting. I talk about this a lot when it comes to exercise. Exercise is not something that you can delegate. And as a general rule, just playing up exercise is a repetitive and boring task. The idea here really is is often you'll find that people don't necessarily exercise all by themselves. Often they are doing it in community. They're doing it in connection with other people. They're watching TV or listening to podcasts, or they're doing it in groups or in competitive type thing. There's something secondary that they're focused in on. A lot of times I have people that want to start or want me to coach them on exercise. They did when they were younger because they were around people. Now they're trying to do it by themselves, and I'm really focusing on how they can make it more fun and do it with somebody else. So, again, we're trying to do it, and that, that's the general strategy that I have for that. 
The next level is, um, I've talked about this a lot, people think of ADHD as a focus issue, and it is, but it's very much a thinking impairment. People with ADHD have a more difficult time thinking inside their head. So when I'm trying working with them on that, what we're trying to do is trying to make thinking easier in some way, shape, or form. Often working with somebody um, outside of their head. Again, what we're really trying to do in the environment is they're, they're going to have the urge to go do something else if these tasks are that difficult. So always trying to focus on how to make things easier so there's not that urge to escape. When it comes to thinking with people with ADHD, often externalizing thinking, um, try to simplify thinking, trying to put them in situations where they don't have to do a lot of executive functioning thinking is really the idea. Uh, there's many people with ADHD that uh, they learn best if they're in conversations and refraining things back. I myself have a, a difficult time reading. It's easier for me to listen to somebody explain something than it is for me to read it on a piece of paper. Sometimes it's easier for me to write by dictating, by talking to somebody what I want to do and, and transcribing that as opposed to trying to write words down with that. The other challenge of ADHD is sometimes with thinking is systems and externalizing. A lot of times a person with ADHD will say, hmm, I have a thought. It came to my mind. I forgot about it. Well, it's effortful for them to get up and go get a pen and paper to write it down. In other words, they have to have the urge to stop what they're doing and go find that. Well, that's an uncomfortable feeling. They often don't go do that. So a lot of times I'm trying to find ways to keep them like a pen and paper with them. Um, I've actually had people with pens tied around their neck where they write on their arms. So when an idea comes to mind, they, they record it. The gist of this really is to make it easier for them to self-regulate. The context that I'm talking about these days is that people with ADHD act on their urges all the time. And the idea is if I'm going to have them manage their ADD, I'm trying to take whatever they're doing and make it less painful than what it was in one way, shape, or form. Often we've got to do things in some very unorthodox ways or simplify stuff in order for that to happen. But the general idea here is if you try to use willpower just to override these, it's going to be somewhat difficult for you to do that on a regular basis because you're basically fighting Mother Nature. And that's why I think ADHD is such a challenge is people with ADHD struggle so much more with not acting on those urges than neurotypicals. And, uh, and thus, that's why it's very much of an issue. So if you have ADHD and you're listening to this and you're, and you're trying to work on motivation, number one, you, I hope you're listening to me. At some level, you've got to participate in this. Number two, you need to make whatever you're, you're, you're doing that you need to do a little bit more comfortable. Now, before we part company here, there's one thing that I, I have found over the years that's been interesting to me. There's a huge relationship between clarity and motivation. If you're not clear on something, it's uncomfortable to go searching for something that you're not really sure what that is. You don't know where it is. You don't know how long it's going to take. You don't really know what to do. Notice, though, if it's not repetitive and boring and you got clarity, it's amazing at how often you do those types of things. A lot of times, like most of the time on your procrastination list, there's something that you're unclear on. I'm unclear on which mailbox I should put up. I'm unclear on where something is. If you begin to study this stuff, you'll find that you put those things off. You're not motivated to go do things because there's something that you're not clear about. What I found over the years is in the spaces, there's something somebody's not doing. A lot of times, 
they need to focus on how they get some clarity on what they want to do. And then it's amazing to me how they actually activate on it. Again, ambiguity is uncomfortable. And people escape that, particularly if they don't know where, where they're going. So pull this together. I'm actually doing this show as our last show of the year 2022 um, to kind of close out the year as a means for people to begin to think about this. If you've got New Year's resolutions that you want to do, that's great. But if you're going to do them, you need to have an eye to how are you going to make it easy and comfortable to do that and exciting in order to make that happen because you're going to have the difficulty overriding the urges of doing what you are right now. I hope this has gained you some self-awareness that the, the alarm clock, the tip, the trick, or the strategy doesn't necessarily always do it. What those strategies are designed to do is to try to make things less painful in order for you to do them. That's a mindset to solve for those problems. And if you take ownership and then I think you'll have a lot of success or more success managing your environment around you so that your brain does what you want it to do. Again, I'm going to reiterate. It's easier to change the environment to be conducive for your brain to have the urge to do what you want to do than just you using your brute force and willpower to get your brain to override the challenges of the environment. Again, our show today is on motivation. I hope this has given you pause to ponder. Our secret word is urges. And with that, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.